Hello, and welcome back once again to the Real Fred's Podcast Advent Series. We continue on in our adventure of the second theme, which is peace. So we've already talked about uh, three of the facets of uh, peace or shalom, since that is such a weightier word and has so much else to it, that uh, we can have, uh, well, we need peace with God. And then that in turn enables us to uh, search out peace uh, for ourselves, internal peace. And then after that, we can have peace with others, but we don't always have one or more of these kinds of peace, even though we're aware of them as Christians. Do I have the right of that? That's right. Yeah, we're going to talk about the appropriation of peace. It's it's interesting that, you know, as a Christian, we, we have access to all those facets of peace through Jesus, but yet many of us still walk in anxiety. And man, this is convicting. <laughs> yeah. So when you say appropriated, you mean take what we know is there and really live to it out. In yeah, it. Walk yeah, to in walk it more in consistently. It. Would that be fair, Tyler? Yeah. yeah. So so when Christ came, I think he, he made that peace available to us. But even as Christians, we have to learn to walk in that peace, to appropriate it. Gotcha. All right. So we've got a uh, set of verses that are uh, really, really touch on this well. And so, Tyler, if you would read uh, from it's Philippians 4, and we're going to start with 6, six and 7. And seven. Six That's and correct. Seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul here is writing to the church at Philippi. These are believers, mm-hmm. and yet he has to command these people, you know, the ones who have uh, the Prince of Peace, uh, access to the peace that surpasses all understanding. He has to tell them, do not be anxious. Well, just just like with us, there's a lot going on in their world, you know, a lot of persecution, sure. various things. It's understandable why they would, uh, I think, forget to walk with that perfect peace sometimes. Yeah, in, in, in all seriousness, this just gives me a little bit of encouragement because I feel at times guilty for being so anxious. But Paul here gives us the key. He doesn't just give us the command, but he gives us, you could say, the antidote to to anxiety. And what is that? Yeah, well, verse 6 and 7, it's like a formula. He's saying, you know, don't be anxious. And then the key word is prayer. But, yeah, but and then he yeah. gives us the answer through prayer and supplication. The antidote to anxiety, first and fo- foremost. I mean, there, there are many ways that we can appropriate the peace of God in our lives, but the first and foremost way that we do that is through prayer, which is something that we do not do enough. No, we try to fix things ourselves. And this is not, by the way, to imply that we shouldn't be doing things to, you know, you can exercise to try to get a certain level of calmness. You might even be taking, you know, you know, uh, you know, prescription medications, various things to help you with these things. But the first and foremost thing needs to be prayer. Absolutely. If we are not people of prayer, we will not be people of peace. One of the main reasons Christians are so anxiety-ridden is because we, by and large, we're just not not committed to prayer. And I, I kind of joke and say, you know, at church, if we have a if we have a potluck, I mean, man, our fellowship hall will be standing room only. But you guys have have been to our prayer meetings, pretty sparse. Mm-hmm. I can understand why we show up for the food. I'm from the Midwest, and while the cooking there is fine, this is the South, and y'all, I will come to the potlucks. It's a lot better. Yeah, make make no mistake, I will come. Stick to your ribs kind of stuff. There you go. Add some ribs ribs and lima beans tonight, courtesy of Pastor's Wife. But 
prayer needs to be first and foremost in our in our minds and what we need to be. And it's funny, Pastor, you mentioned being uh, fo- you know focused on and committed to prayer. We can say, well, I get up in the morning or I go to bed at night and. You know, I make sure to, you know, pray for my daily bread, you know, say the common prayer, say the Lord's Prayer, you know, you know, maybe I say a prayer at Thanksgiving at night, things like this. And that's great, but that's probably not the level of commitment they had back in the time when this was being written, is it? No, no, that's right. You know, there are two facets or two, let's say, aspects of prayer, and both are vitally important. So one, we do need dedicated time of prayer every day. You know, Jesus, he often would would get up early and go to the mountain and and pray. And so we need time of dedicated prayer. And and I believe that we ought to pray in the morning, you know, first thing, because when we do that, we we are setting the tone for the day. And, you know, it's it's interesting in the Lord's Prayer, it says that. that we're to pray, give me this day my daily bread. That doesn't sound like a prayer we should pray in the evening after the day is completed. No, that's definitely a, a matinal prayer. Would that be the fancy $5 word for, you know, daytime? Well, it's like, you know, I feel like in our failure to pray in the morning, I think that we're saying to God, you know what? I've got this. I'll call you if I need you. God, hey, real quick, can I add something real quick? Sure, please. <laughs> Bail so, me out here. I, I, I was thinking about this. You know, in the Bible, it talks about to pray without ceasing. And I, I know that don't mean pray every second of the day, but you think about when you're anxious and stuff, like what do you tend to do? Like you try to, to take you take a deep breath. So you can say that prayer, you can use prayer as another form of breathing. Whenever you feel anxious, you immediately pray for that, for that you know. That's right. So that's the other facet of prayer. So we are, Paul says, we're to pray without ceasing. Uh, I, I used to say seizing, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're praying without seizing as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but we're to, we're to pray, you know, on a, on a regular basis. That's kind of, you know, the way I think about it is just talking to God throughout the day. Involving God in your, you know, decisions. You decide you're going to do something, you're hoping for a certain effect. You don't have to necessarily literally be speaking out loud in your head every second, but you start, okay, I I'm going to move on to this next project, this next thing that I am doing in my day. All right, well, even though I prayed this morning, and I am now going to pray ahead of this specifically. And then afterwards, if it goes, well, okay, well, I want to involve God now by thanking Him. Okay, now I'm moving on to the next thing. Oh, I'm really anxious about this next thing. Pray about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I want to say here, I want to be careful because I think many people do that throughout the day, which is an awesome thing and, and the thing that's commanded to us. But that is not a replacement for what I just had, you know, mentioned a minute ago. Um, we still need that dedicated, focused time of prayer with the Lord. So our prayer to the Lord. Oh, absolutely. This is an addition. That that's right. So we we take dedicated time every day. I mean, again, I can't stress enough the importance of beginning your day, and I would say ending your day with that dedicated prayer. Maybe perhaps say morning, noon, and night, but. In addition to that, we do need to pray continually throughout the day. Okay, uh, Tyler, let's move on now. You did uh, verses 6 and 7. Yeah. Uh, now, how about verse 8, please? So Philippians 4, 8. <clears throat> Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth of praise, think about these things. Yeah, so some experts today believe that anxiety is so common in America 
because of how much information we receive on a regular basis. And we're inundated mostly with really bad and frightening news throughout the day. Yeah. Or even if it's not that just being, you know, we want to make a choice. We go after information and we can be overwhelmed just with sheer amounts of information, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. And if we're focusing on the negative, on the fearful things in life all day, every day, of course, of course, we're going to be anxious. Right. But Paul says this, and by the way, when Paul is writing this, he is actually imprisoned and yet he has just said, you know, in, in previous verses, rejoice in the Lord at all times. And here he gives a key on how to be less anxious and how to rejoice in all situations. He says, pray. But then he says, pray with thanksgiving and then to meditate on the good. If there's anything good or praiseworthy or noble, meditate on these things. One of the chapters in Jordan Peterson's compelling book, 12 Rules for Life, is titled, Pet a Cat When You Encounter It. It's an autobiographical chapter where Peterson shares about how to survive in the face of tragedy. When his daughter, Michaela, was young, she battled some crippling autoimmune disease. I believe it was rheumatoid arthritis. And she obviously suffered tremendously herself. But if you've ever had a sick child, you know that Jordan and his wife suffered immensely as well. And so he tells this story about his neighborhood cat, this neighborhood cat that was extremely friendly and would often come over to the yard and kind of come up to them and almost bid them to pet it. And and the point is, is that when the cat would come over, they would actually take time in the midst of all the the tragedy and suffering they were enduring to to pet that cat. And it's in those moments, it would just bring them some glimmer of joy or hope or normalcy. And it, it's a reminder, I think this is Peterson's point, it's a reminder that in the midst of suffering that we must look for what is meaningful and what is soul-sustaining. And I think that's a great illustration for what Paul is imploring us to do as believers when we face anxieties. Well, Paul gives us a key that Jordan Peterson doesn't point out. He says the way to do that is to pray, but not just pray, but pray with thanksgiving. How do you think that might help us meditate on the good or to see the good in life. When we find things to be thankful for, I think we can't help but remember where the good things or, you know, and certainly the very best things come from. They come from Christ. In fact, the best thing is Christ. If we have nothing else to meditate on, to think of everything else seems like it is teetering on, you know, the precipice of feeling like hell, we can remember that we have the best thing of all, that we have Christ. And then if we can find other things, so much the better. That's right. He's sufficient. He is enough. He's more than enough. Amen. And to that end, Tyler, you uh, pointed out we were originally going to stop with verse 8, but you met, you uh, pointed out to us uh, that we were mistaken that verse 9 was absolutely necessary yeah, here. Yeah, it kind of brings it all together. So Philippians 4, nine says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me— Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I don't think I can say it any better than that. All we can say is shalom, y'all. Shalom, y'all. <laughs>